Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Blessed be his holy name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. Abba, Father, we thank you and we praise you for safety this morning. We thank you, Daddy God, that in you we live, move, and have our being. You are the only wise God. Honor, power, and dominion belong to you and you alone. We're so grateful and thankful for your presence and your power in our lives. Good morning, saints. I pray that you had a wonderful, awesome sleep. As the word says, God gives his beloved sweet sleep so we can stand on the promises that we can have a peaceful sleep Let me give you some scriptures to support that in case this is an area. I think we can look at Psalm 16, 7 through 9, Psalm 127, 2, Proverbs 3 and 27. When we bring every thought and imagination into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. So we have a part to play to begin to bring our thoughts into captivity to God, to meditate on the word, to trust him, clear out the garbage before laying down. Uh, But God has promised us a sweet sleep, a sweet rest. So I pray that you have one last night. I did. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God woke me up however God woke me up this morning. And he gave me the word androgynous. And I thought, okay, that was a really popular um, word used in the 90s. I am, well, even Even earlier than that, let's go even back to the 70s. I am part of that generation that um, all of a sudden this country was going through a major feminist movement. The family structure was being challenged. Women were burning their bras, going back to work, fighting for the freedom not to have to be slaves to a traditional family, family structure. And for those of us who, for those who are coming out of Reconstruction, 
trying to figure out how to build families and homes. Some of what we saw, and I'm talking about me personally, was a little confusing. When you come from a broken heritage and you want the essence of what God has said, you begin to look at things a little differently. Now, I believe that part of what we're seeing in a society, let me define this term for you, because androgyny is a combination of masculine and feminine characteristics. Sexual ambiguity may be found in fashion, gender identity, sexual identity, and sexual lifestyle. What we see now has been brewing, I'm sure from the foundation of the world after Adam and Eve fell, but in this country, it's been brewing for a long time. And when I was studying this morning, of course, it's been a quick study, um, I realized that God, in his wisdom, always, he speaks through everything. His foundational truth is a thread throughout all of our life, from biology to to uh, psychology. If it's true, you're going to find it in God's word, and you're going to find it in God's creation. The male sperm determines the sexual gender identity of a child. So what happens in cultures where the male is either not there, he's weak, or he's incompetent, or made to feel like he is. In fact, we live in a world where dads are asked to mimic what has culturally been the role of women. You see, a dad in our home, and I'm learning this because of how my husband and I work different shifts a lot of times. So our son was exposed to us in different ways. The strength in my son is often reflected in the time he spent with his dad. Dad nurtured him, but not as a mother, but as a father. So in our culture, we're even asking dad to be mom in the daytime. That used to be a phrase that was used. And that was glorified, and it was a great thing that men were changing diapers and feeding children and getting up with the wife and all of these other things. And I'm not bashing any of that. 
in a home where two people work, we all have to do what we have to do in order for it to be a successful union. And I praise the Lord, my husband has always been the kind of man that did whatever was necessary for his family to be successful. But we never change roles or identity because it is so important that dads maintain their identity because it is in his nurture, his covering, that we come to understand who we are. I thank God for my father that took me in at seven. His role in my life helped me understand what um, being a woman was. I thank God for him. I know that that is one of the things, one of the reasons he was put into my life. And he brought balance in this area. Well, when you've had fathers, and I guess Father's Day is coming and we need to deal with it, when you've had fathers that have not given you proper identity, who've been confused themselves about what their responsibility is to the home, to the children, when you've had dads that have tried to do what the wife says do or the woman says do to keep peace, when you look at the feminizing of the male role and the process of women becoming more masculine, taking on roles and functions, you can see how maybe some of our culture is adding to the confusion that we're seeing in our world now. Because let me read a story. I found this. I've heard it taught, but I actually found the original author of this story. It's called Of Elephants and Men. Fatherhood, it was in the article of Fatherhood Today. And this author writes, some years ago, officials at the Kruger National Park and Game Reserve in South Africa were faced with a growing elephant problem. The population of African elephants, once endangered, had grown larger than the park could sustain. So measures had to be taken to thin the ranks. A plan was devised to relocate some of the elephants to other African game reserves. Being enormous creatures, elephants are not easily transported. So a special harness was created to lift the elephants and fly them out of the park by helicopter. The helicopters were up to the task, but as it turned out, the harness wasn't. It couldn't handle the juvenile and adult female elephants. It could handle the juvenile and adult female elephants, but not the huge African bull elephants. A quick solution had to be found. 
So a decision was made to leave the much larger bulls at Kruger and relocate only some of the female elephants and juvenile males. The problem was solved. The herd was thinned out, and all was well at the Kruger National Park. Sometimes later, however, a strange problem surfaced at South Africa's other game reserve, where the younger elephant had a new home. The rangers of this particular park began finding dead bodies of endangered white rhinoceros. At first, poachers were suspected. But the huge rhinos had not died of gunshot wounds, and their precious horns were left intact. The rhinos appeared to be killed violently with deep puncture wounds. Not much in the wild can kill a rhino, so rangers set up hidden cameras throughout the park. The results were shocking. The culprits turned out to be. Bands of aggressive juvenile male elephants. The very elephants relocated from Kruger National Park a few years earlier. The males were caught on camera, chasing down the rhinos, knocking them over, stomping, and goring them to death with their tusks. The juvenile elephants were terrorized were terrorizing other animals in the park as well. The juvenile elephants, some behaviors were rare among elephants. Something had gone terribly wrong. Some of the park rangers settled on the theory. What had been missing from the relocated herd was the presence of the huge dominant bulls that remained at Kruger. In in natural circumstances, the adult bulls provide modeling behaviors for younger elephants, keeping them in line. Once these young males were put with the dominant bull males, the behavior that was expected um, let's see. The behavior of the younger males changed. What is said is the dominant bulls manage and contain the testosterone induced frenzy in young males. Left without elephant modeling, the rangers theorized the younger elephants were missing the civilizing influence of their elders as nature, as natural protocol intended. Well, I don't know about you, but I think this is also an example of what we're beginning to see in our streets. Could it be what we're seeing is generation, the effect of generation, missing male models? where the dominant male is missing in our culture. And even feminists who thought the solution 
for creating a perfect balance was to dominate and control the male influence may be part of the problem. Let's think about this. As women, there are a lot of reasons why we feel like we have to be in control of our lives. Daddy God in his word says that I'll be a father to the fatherless. But we don't always know how to, if we're not in that place, we don't know how to give God first place in our lives individually and in our home. If we have not been raised in homes where God really was Lord, we may have mixed feelings even about the male gender for anything other than having children. We may have a fantasy of what all of this looks like, but never seen it in operation. Some of us, even in our own lives, we didn't wait on God to choose a mate, have babies, go to church, pray together, do all of these wonderful things, seek the mind of the Holy Spirit regarding all of our life situations. If we had lived in that perfect world, maybe some of our ups and downs would be a lot differently, a lot different. So therefore, the gender struggle, even sometimes in our own hearts, We have to give that to God. And what I want to pray about this morning, to make a long story short, is the establishment of homes and families that God would begin to bring into the lives of our children, strong men that have not been emasculated. that we would allow the Holy Spirit. We need a move of God in our community, in our lives. Some of us struggle with our identity because we have never been loved properly by a father. In fact, some of us have really not been loved at all by a male. And some of us have been loved incorrectly. And we carry this on into our adult relationship. And it has influenced our children and our children's children. Because we didn't have the tools. We didn't even know we needed or how to deal with some of the things that we're struggling with. I know that in some cultures, control and manipulation of men has been part of our culture because it gives us a sense of safety and security. Many of our men have not been raised to be responsible, to know how to care for a family, cover a wife, all of those things that God gave as roles for us 
It's not so much about who does the dishes or who sweeps the floor or who even cooks. Because if you read scripture, men often did a lot of the gaming and cooking of the meat. That's not the issue. The issue the issues are issues of the heart. You see, our mind, will, emotions, and our intellect determine our responses to God and our world. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. So we will begin to pray. I wanted to frame it with saying, God has said there is significance in the role of men in shaping the identity from gender to responses to life. We see it with the elephant. We see it with the sperm and the egg coming together, producing male or female. We God speaks throughout all of his creation. And, of course, we are looking at the abuse of our children by police force and various things, the over, just all of these things. All of the confusion, much of it can be answered. Not, yeah, much of it can be answered by God's structure and order in the family. So we're going to believe God for healing where we've been broken. And we're going to believe God to move in the marriages of those Christian homes to begin to show us how to live and be led by the Holy Spirit in our relationship with one another, husband and wife, children and parents. Father God, we praise you and we thank you this morning for being such an awesome God, a good God, a loving God. We thank you, Father God, that you knew our frame. So throughout creation, you tell us again and again and again the order of things. You even tell us through your scripture that you know the significance of widows and orphans. And you realize that without the proper headship, balance would be lost. You love us so much that you said, look, I will be a father to the fatherless. Yet, God, we have not had your mind and your heart and the revelation to allow you to have that spot in the nurture and training of our children. Father, many of us repent, for we usurped your authority in this area. Even though we were going to church, Father, we thought that we had to be mother and father. When you've made it very, very clear
in your universe that there is a distinction. So, Father God, we repent of every door that we may have opened into our bloodline. And we repent, Father God, of even walking into generational curses, Father, that has continued to perpetuate an imbalance in our home. We ask you to forgive us for fornicating, getting outside of your will. And some of us married the person we fornicated with and we thought it was going to fix the situation. But the truth of the matter is the only thing that fixes the situation is a repentance and a recognizing that we moved outside of God's timing and outside of what he has ordained in relationship. So, Father, we repent of fornicating. We repent of adultery. We repent of every way in which we got out of line and outside of your divine plan for building homes and marriages. We ask you, Father God, to forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Father, for thinking that we had the capacity to make our own wrong right. Forgive us, Father God, for every way in which, Father, we were disobedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, Father, many of us just did not have a clue. We were just doing what we thought we needed to do to survive and satisfy. And the end result, we brought in children outside of your will and sometimes outside of our own will. And we opened the door of confusion to another generation. We perpetuated our lawlessness and then wondered why our children were lawless. And we wondered why the repercussions that have come against us. So, Father, we repent and come against our children. We repent, Father God. Father God, we repent of being controlling and manipulating, of dominating, of using our influence to try to control our husbands and even our children. For, Father, you said to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. You didn't tell us to control and manipulate and dominate our children. You said to train them up. Father God, the word says that you said, let's reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, you will make them white as snow. Father God. We ask that you would begin to teach us new ways of entreating our children. You said in your word that we're not to make our children angry. Father God, discipline is not about anger. Discipline is about structure 
and training so that our children will grow up and be responsible and be responsive to truth and the laws and law enforcement. So, Father God, I ask that you would give us wisdom, Lord, on how to raise up the next generation. Father, our young men are like these juvenile male elephants. They're terrorizing neighborhoods and communities. Not all of them, Daddy. I thank you for the children, the remnant. I thank you, Father God. And statistics say there are more doing right than doing wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. But, Father God, I have seen some images lately that break my heart. I have seen the disrespect and the disregard for self. Even if you don't abuse me, it breaks my heart to see our young men abusing themselves, creating illicit job opportunities. Because of not being able to find a job or not knowing how to channel even the energy to produce income legitimately. Father God, I'm reminded my own husband started going door to door at nine, making his own income working all day in the evenings, in the summertime, cleaning porches, washing down awnings, sweeping sidewalks with his own bucket and his own mop. Father, bring forth the men that will train this generation on how to be men how to be responsible, how to take responsibility. And, Father, forgive us as women who have created a generation of passive-aggressive men that are waiting for somebody to take care of them, somebody to pay their rent, their car payment, and make their life easy because somehow in their mind they think they're supposed to have an easy life. Father, forgive us, Lord, for protecting our male sons in such a way that they didn't learn how to be protectors. Father God, forgive us, Lord for the ways in which we even shielded our children from their male influence 
because we disagreed with the man. Help us women to create balanced environments, to walk in love and forgiveness, to pray for those who have despitefully used us, whether it be a spouse or a husband or boyfriend, whatever, that may have abandoned us and abandoned the children. And we made up our mind we didn't need them because we were mad at them, never once thinking to pray as God that regardless of how it's been for us, that we need them saved and delivered and set free for the benefit of our children. And, Father, I recognize, and I say this for the hearing, in my own life, I had to learn how to allow myself to decrease so that my husband's voice would increase even in my own home, even in the influence of my son. I'm even seeing that happen progressively as we enter into midlife. And though he's a husband and a father, but Father, I remember when you said that regardless of his conception, that I had to share him with his father. So, Father God, for those that are confused in this area, not to put their children in harm's way, but who really can search their heart and recognize, God, I was angry and I was mad and I was bitter. And I was not willing to allow you even to fix their relationship because of what I felt. Father, I ask you to forgive us, Lord. And Father, I ask you to open up doors of reconciliation of sons to their father, daughters to their father. And, Father, where reconciliation is not an option, I ask you to begin to heal hearts. Father, begin with us. No, even begin with our family, our moms, our dads. Begin with us that are yet alive. Begin with us that set the stage. We thank you that Isaiah said, that we are here for the restoration of the devastation of prior generations. So, Lord, I thank you that as we enter into what the world calls Father's Day celebration, we ask you, Father, where there's grief in our hearts, where we look at the situation and say, but God, I never had a father. 
I never had someone to love me, cover me, protect me. I never saw my mother love like Jesus loved the church. And, Father, in some situations, we've seen half of the family loved and the other half abused. Because our families didn't know how to be like you, Daddy. You have adopted us into the beloved, and you call us son. And you have given us all signet rings of authority, robes of righteousness, and you have kissed our face. You have given us new identity, for we have been recreated in Christ Jesus. Father, you're all the while at work in us, both to will and do of your good pleasure. Father, we thank you for the kiss. We thank you for the love, the hug. We thank you, Father God for the dawning of a new day when we come in touch with our true identity. That as our Father, you have given us an identity that transcends the hurt, the pain, the neglect, the mistakes we made, the mistakes Mama made, the mistakes Daddy made the mistakes that may have been made from generation to generation. Hallelujah. You have been a father to the fatherless. You continue to be a father to the fatherless. And everywhere in our being where we've lacked the father's touch, we thank you, Father that you permeate those places with your love, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, with the Father's touch that brings identity and stability, that brings confidence, confidence in who we are, confidence in what we are, confidence in what we're doing. We thank you for those smiles, Daddy, that encourages our continuous growth. We thank you, Father God, that when we fall, you said a good man falls seven times. There is therefore no condemnation to them that love God. So even when we slip or fall, Daddy, you are there to raise us up, put us back into place. So I thank you, Father, for healing in home, healing, healing for the children, healing for the husband. Father God, I praise you and I thank you that we are able to let go of bitterness. Father, life seems so unjust, so unfair at times. 
The pain of rejection is almost more than we can bear. Father, our past relationships have ended in strife, anger, rejection, separation. Lord, help us to let go of all bitterness and indignation and wrath. All rage, bad temper, resentment. You are the one who binds up and heals the broken heart. We receive your anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. We receive emotional healing by faith. Father, we recognize that it's not what we feel, but we receive by faith. And the feelings will follow. We thank you for giving us the grace to stand firm until this process of healing is complete. Hallelujah, God. Thank you that you're walking this out for us. Thank you for wise counselors. We acknowledge the Holy Spirit as being our wonderful counselor. We thank you for helping us work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Father, you said by giving us the word salvation that what we receive from Jesus is wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. We're healed in our body. We're healed in our mind. We are healed. We are delivered and we're set free from all oppressive, demonic spirits. Father God, I praise you and I thank you. We renounce all demonic influence over our personalities and our lives because of the absence of the Father and the Father structure in our life, Father, that looks like what you intended, because some of us had daddies. <laughs> some of us had situations, Father, that were so ungodly that we didn't want any part of any marriage. Father, forgive us for being Jezebel, who did not, do not, will not yield even to marriage, Father. We don't cohabitate well with anybody, Father, because of bitterness, anger, and resentment. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for our the grace to work this out with you. For you are helping us, Father. You work in us to will and to act according to your good purpose. In the name of Jesus, we choose to forgive those who have wronged us. We purpose to live a life of forgiveness because you have forgiven us. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, all brawling and slander and cursing, and every form of malice, we get rid of a spirit of retribution that we have to defend ourselves, Father. I believe that's the right term. We desire to be kind 
and compassionate to others, forgiving them as in Christ you have forgiven us. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. For we know that without holiness, no one can see you. Father, there are places in our life that we are so blindsided that we can't even see what's coming up behind us to knock us off course. Because we don't see you. We don't see your glorious light shining in this situation. Some of us have been on peak and repeat over and over again because of these situations. Because we've refused to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Some of us are constantly. Constantly stirring up strife and anger because strife is in our heart. Deliver us, Daddy. We purpose to see to it that we do not miss your grace and that no bitter root grows up within us to cause trouble and to defile us. Father, and some of us need to pluck out the root of bitterness that has brought defilement into our home, into our bodies, into our lives. Everywhere that bitterness has taken root, we ask you, Father, to pluck it up in the name of Jesus, that it will no longer influence us. In Jesus' name, Father God, we choose to enter not into temptation or to cause others to stumble. Father, we have caused generations to stumble because we refuse, Lord, to receive what your word has promised us. We refuse to walk in forgiveness. We refuse to let go of bitterness. And we have defiled households. Father, forgive us. Today, Father. Today, Father. We walk out of the situation that anger and bitterness has created for us. And some of us are responding to a bitterness that have been generations long. We thank you, Father, that you watch over us your word to perform it, and that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So we declare that we have overcome resentment and bitterness by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Father God, we pray for husbands, Lord. We pray for their wisdom that they learn how to dwell securely and confidently, trusting you for the process, trusting you, Father, 
that the woman that they are with, that you are raising her up in such a way that they can trust her without fear or dread of evil. And, Father, that they would know the difference. In Jesus' name, we thank you that our men are attentive to skillful and godly wisdom and that they direct their hearts toward understanding and that they use and they pursue wisdom. and that mercy and kindness do not forsake them. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that the word of God leads our men to all truth, and they are like sheep that receive you as shepherds. We thank you, Father God, that when they wake, they hear your voice. We thank you for raising up a generation of men that are attuned to hear your voice and to receive your wisdom and to love their wives as Jesus loved the church. We thank you, Father God, that all the words of their mouth is filled with righteousness that they are upright and in good standing with you, and that nothing contrary to truth or crookedness is in them. Father God, forgive us as women for being judge and jury and deciding that because our husbands don't think like us, they don't think. Lord God, give us the grace the favor, teach us how to entreat the king to draw him into our confidence without control, manipulation, without bad-mouthing and criticizing, without being nags. And, Father, raise up men that are patient and loving and kind, and they recognize the hour and they recognize the dysfunction within families and they humble themselves in order to hear from you, to know how to deal in their homes, to bring healing and restoration. Father, we thank you for men that lead their family in devotion, that lead their family in financial planning, that, Father, men that are willing to be street sweepers, before they will allow their family to go hungry. Men that are willing to do whatever it takes in order to bring security to their home and that whatever it takes is time with you, having your mind and having your heart. We thank you for men that can live and consider their wife and realize that she is intelligent and that she is a helpmeet created by you, equal to him. 
in every aspect of his humanity. We thank you for men that honor their wives as the weaker vessel and women that recognize that your word says that they are the weaker vessel, regardless of how their husband is acting out. Father, we thank you for men that realize that they're joint heirs with Jesus spiritually and they're joint heirs with their wife and their family, Father. That they are one and the fruit of their womb is blessed. We thank you, Father God, that men learn how to walk with their wives and love and agreement so that the prayers of the family will not be hindered. We thank you, Father, that men and women have one mind. They're united in spirit, compassionate, courteous, tender-hearted, and humble-minded. We thank you for the welfare, happiness, and protection in families where men serve you, seek you, know your voice. We thank you that husbands and wives love and respect each other. And they speak respectfully to each other. And submission is not grievous. And that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. We thank you, Father God, for homes of good report where everything that is touched is successful and prospers. That everything whereby hands are set to do, that God, you prosper it. We thank you, Father, for home of uncompromisingly righteousness. We thank you, Father God, for men that are fishers of men, that they don't leave church work to the women. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you for men that are confident in you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you teach our men to profit and lead them in the way they should go. We thank you, Father, that our men are abundantly supplied and every need is met, that they have obtained the favor of God and the will of God is done in their life, and that they are able providers for the household. Father, forgive us for trying to be in control of our son, not realizing, Lord God, that we were usurping their authority in our efforts to protect them from hurt, harm, and grief. Father, forgive us, Lord, for the times that we stood in between them and their father. Not so much because of the father being wrong but because we did not trust the Father and the Father's care. 
And, Father, for those situations where it was legitimately a concern, we didn't know we needed to bow in humility and allow you to be the father to the fatherless. We thought we had to be in control, Father. We didn't want to show signs of weakness, Lord. So we gave our sons a false balance of strength and what a woman is. And many of our sons either married running from us or running to us, choosing why to try to balance the things that we have done to them. And, Lord, I even stand before you, Father, remembering my son saying, who wants to be married to his mother and making a decision contrary to what he would have made had his image of what a woman is had been in the right perspective. I believe that, Father. So, Father God, everywhere we have reflected a false balance, we ask forgiveness. We thank you, Father, for strength, Lord, strength and character. You didn't tell us to be weak. So we thank you, Father, to give us the right balance so that we can parent our children in love, train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. So we thank you for harmonious marriages and relationships, men and women honoring one another, healing and restoration, deliverance and sanctification, setting apart of these homes, these men, these marriages. And, Father, we thank you that from this perspective, we go into the highways and the byways, representing Jesus to a dying, dying, broken world. We thank you to raise up bulls, (laughs) strong male influence, like the bull elephant, that walks in his authority and confidence throughout the camp. And the male children acknowledging the authority of the male male. We thank you for the examples in the body. We thank you for women that understand that we don't have to exchange being female for having the promises and provision that you have given us in your word. We thank you, Father, for new identities based on the blood of Jesus and the word of God. In Jesus' name. Is there a specific prayer request online? So in closing, Father, we pray for our nation. We ask you, Father God, that as um, 
we prepare for a new election, that the enemy will not be able to slip Mickey's in <laughs> that will cause our country to become intoxicated and do foolish things because no one's paying attention to real issues. Lord, we ask you to begin to bring forth the candidate that will lead this country over the next few years. We thank you, Father, for preparation time. We thank you that the church is in the process. I'm here and busting a move to get in place and position. We thank you for covering over our lives. We thank you, Father, for the body of Christ, every joint supplying. We thank you for love being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Leading, guide us into all truth. Protect us, our rights in this country, to meet together and to assemble together. And that we will not have red, we will not be punished because of our stance on various areas, but that the church would maintain freedom of speech. Thank you for the world economy. Thank you for dealing in the areas where there are wars and rumors of wars. Protect our men that are in the service. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and your presence resting upon your firstborn. Well, no. Your choice. Lord, and we thank you for our adoption into that vine through the blood of Jesus. So we thank you for the peace of Jerusalem. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed day. This has been Win Community Prayer Line. Get ready for a name change. That's happening. Dial, call in 724-444-7444. Call ID 1212-01. You can access any of the prayers on www.talkshoe.com. You can search by call ID 1212-01. Be blessed and prosperous throughout the day. Tomorrow, we'll be here, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great day in Jesus. Goodbye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 